The samurai approaches through the snow. Who knows just how this fight will go? A hefty price is on his head. With our clever trap, he'll soon be dead. This week's episode is a real treat. Come listen as we try to claim this bounty. That didn't rhyme. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast, gotta recap, it is episode 44. Nick Montigani, I'm here with Brendan Riley. Hello, Brendan. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well, a little sleepy. We're both sleepy boys. You know how it it's is. It's a little late. Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> oh, take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jills. Samurai Jack is what I was looking for. Uh, I don't care if I ever get <laughs> what, back. What's happening? <laughs> Baseball's back, Brendan. Aren't you excited? <laughs> the crack of the bat. America's favorite pastime. Aren't you so happy that MLB is back in business, baby? Sure. I didn't realize it was. I actually never even realized when it stops. Give I me don't. your big predictions this year, Brendan. What do you see? Uh, the Yankees come in third. How many dingers for Manny Machado? Ten. Is that a lot? Ooh, rough season for him. <laughs> Something's gone horribly wrong. Uh, what's the... ERA for Garrett Cole. Is he going to do good? What's his ERA this year? I don't know what ERA stands for. Give me the number. Something average, running average. Give me that number, Brendan. What's it going to be? 32 and a half. Oh, something has gone terribly (laughs) wrong for Garrett Cole. But he's on those hated Yankees, am I right? Yeah, I hate those guys. (laughs) Brendan, is Shohei going to do it again? No. Oh, that's too bad. I love them. <laughs> Hopefully you're wrong about that one. But these predictions seem rock solid. Baseball's back, baby. Mm-hmm. And the hosts of this show have never been more excited. <laughs> Can't you tell? Yep. Oh, yeah. Baseball. Yeah, they got the sticks. They're and swinging they hit them. the ball. They're that swinging ball them. with those red stitches on it. Yep. Uh, Brendan, this is maybe the dumbest intro I've ever done. Uh, if you, okay, tell me the sport that you think Samurai Jack would be the best at, and you can't say fencing, and you can't say something like judo or other martial arts if we're, practices. If we're going like mainstream kind of sports, like. Yeah, whatever. I would say probably baseball. Okay. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was very good at hitting things with a stick. Undeniably. He would, he would be able to predict it very well. He's a real fast man. He runs real good. Yeah. And there's that episode of Samurai Champloo where they all play baseball. There's one of those. Mm-hmm. That's true. This is Samurai Jack we're talking about. Yeah, but though. they're both samurais. And I, so I've seen samurais play baseball in a cartoon before, and it went really well. Canonically, samurais are good yeah. at yeah. baseball. Okay. 
I'll buy that. What about like tennis? Uh, probably he'd be, probably be all right at tennis too. I don't think he'd be very good at like football or basketball. Those kinds of things, yeah, they seem out of his particular mm-hmm. skill set. Those are kind of highly specialized things with a lot of rules, and you know, this this the show doesn't really respect the rules yeah. as we talked about. <laughs> you know how about they feel in- about rules. Last week's episode, I know that really bothered you a lot. So if Jack's not going to respect the rules of his own sword, I don't respect. Mm. I don't think he'll respect uh, going off sides on on defense. Nope. Am I right? Sure. <laughs> Pass interference. A. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yep. All the stuff. Hell yeah. All the the fouls. <laughs> I would think it would be funny though if uh, there. Not okay. So, one thing I do think it would be very funny if there's any episode of this show, I might be forgetting if we've already touched one. If there's any episode of the show where Jack does play like a conventional sport, like he plays some version of like Mm -hmm. a sport that we know in this real world of ours, I don't think that's happened. I don't think he has done that up to this point. No, I think that would be really funny. I can see him being all right at golf as well. Mm. He might be pretty good at that. He'd be bad at soccer. Uh, he could be okay at soccer. Well, part of the thing in soccer is that uh, the players will pretend that they got hurt and then like flop and roll around on the ground to try to get the refs to like penalize the other team. Huh. Um, and Jack is like much too honorable of a man to do something like yeah, that. That sounds lame. Is soccer lame? I've never watched it. Sounds dumb. Depends. Though. Depends who you ask. <laughs> um, I'm not much of a soccer man myself. I played soccer when I was like seven. Yeah, same. We lost every game and they yeah. still gave us a trophy. That's when I knew sports weren't for me. That's when I knew something was wrong. In yeah. This GD <laughs> country of ours. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? We, we lost literally every game. What am I getting this for? When I was in like eighth grade, I played soccer because all my friends did and Mm. like the middle school soccer team when you were an eighth grader you didn't have to try out you just automatically made it Mm. um and we got new uniforms they bought new uniforms for the team that year but they bought like really short shorts which probably is like the best way to play is like to not have all that shorts covering up your legs like that probably is like aerodynamic for kicking a soccer ball yeah um, but we were all wearing like long boxer shorts that were longer than our actual shorts were. Oh, so yeah. every game, like we were all running around with boxer shorts peeking out from underneath our soccer shorts. That's funny. Um, yeah, not not a good look and not a good team. No, uh, things didn't go well. Uh, OK, this was inarguably the dumbest uh, episode <laughs> intro we've ever had, but. Uh, Samurai Jack could be good at baseball. I think you're right. I think that is his his sport. Have we ever seen him like hurl something like a baseball? Um, I don't think so. Maybe though. It's usually usually chucking that sword. So maybe yeah. he'd be good at like a some kind of like track and field like triathlon. Ah, uh, like a javelin throw kind of thing. That might be more mm-hmm. his speed. Just mm-hmm. feats of like the human body being able to like pull off some of those track yeah. and field like pole vaulting and high jumping and long jumping and all that stuff. Jack jumps good as Jack does jump good. He could high jump without the pole. I guess that's a pole vault or other. He can pull vault without the pole. <laughs> There's too much talk of poles and jumps and all this good stuff. Yeah, what's happening? What are we doing? I don't know. Let's go on to the episode, I say. <laughs> uh, episode 44 of Samurai Jack. Let's go ahead and recap it. Let's do it. Watch it. 
episode 44 of Samurai Jack titled The Princess and The Bounty Hunters. Oh, that's kind of a spoiler. It is. It does kind of give away part of it. Although, you know, you don't really know where it's going. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where, I mean, you've mentioned before, you don't even think these episode titles are real. So. No. Nope, it doesn't show it before the episode, so it's not really a spoiler because you have to, like, go to the wiki to find out what it is. It's only a spoiler to you and me. Mm -hmm. um, Who have already seen the episode. And we've already watched it, so nothing could possibly be spoiled. Yep. Uh, episode 44, November 12th, 2003. There is a barber who lowers a customer in their chair. Uh, this barber is great, Brendan. You're already smiling, and so am I, because I love this little <laughs> Italian man. I think he's kind of annoying, actually. That's that's kind of what, you know, makes him appealing to me. <laughs> uh, little Italian barber. He's got a big, bald head and a bushy mustache. He's great. Uh, we can't see the customer's face that's sitting in his chair, but we can see they're built like a brick shit house. Yep. Massive person in that chair. Much, much, much larger than our little Italian barber. Uh, this person also has like a big, messy head of black hair mm -hmm. um, that won't last forever. Nope. The barber is we'll just going to town on it with scissors in one hand and clippers in the other. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't want to bald shame you as I've done many times on this podcast <laughs> before. But like anytime I get a haircut. The barber asks me, do you want me to use the scissors or like the clippers? I never know what to say to them. Like, I never know what is going to give me the outcome that I want. Yeah, it depends what you want. I don't know. It's hard to say. And, and anytime I like struggle with that question, I always get the worst looks from my barbers. It's a nightmare. Just tell them whatever you think is best. Yeah, that's what I do, too. And then sometimes what they <laughs> think is best is not what I had in mind. No. Well, bring a picture of what you want. Print out, print out a picture of a celebrity and be like, like this. <laughs> uh, Fabio. Is that topical? Fabio? No. Is it? No. <laughs> it's not. No, it's certainly not. <laughs> I don't believe so. Uh, Brendan, this is one of the ways that I envy you. I kind of wish that I like had no hair and just didn't fucking have to worry about it. No, nope, I, so I free. own a pair of clippers and I just use them with no attachments. Oh, man, that is such a dream. <laughs> just buzz I, my head. I won't like bring I won't purposely bring myself to that point, but like I'm ready. I'm kind of ready yep. for it. Whenever it naturally happens, bring it on, baby. It was like thirty dollars for a pair of clippers six years ago, and that's the most I've paid for a haircut in six years. Beautiful. Oh. What a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I envy you. Uh this barber, he's uh he's making chit chat with his customer. You know, he says life in this this town is pretty slow wherever they are and whoever mm -hmm. he's talking to. You know, nothing really happens around here. Uh, he's just gleefully cutting this person's hair and uh, slowly running through the hair with the clippers. Uh, but he looks out the window in front of the shop and he shouts, Mamma Mia! <laughs> yep. Those clippers buzz through the customer's hair like a prank in a jackass movie. Yep. Um. And he describes that person walking by as uh, Jujunga, the aboriginal bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. And the uh, theme song from the TV show Survivor starts playing, essentially. Yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah. 
very survivor heavy music whenever we're talking about Jujunga. Uh, there's a thin man covered in like tattoos and war paint who walks by the uh, barbershop window. Very stern look on his face, and he's carrying some kind of like big staff that we learn kind of what yeah. its deal is pretty soon. Just a big like gnarled stick is all we see yeah. really at first. Um, the barber says that uh, his blowgun has captured the most elusive prey. And he kind of wonders what Jujunga is doing here. This barber seems to know a lot about the bounty hunters that we're going to meet yeah. in this scene. I wonder if there's like a bounty hunter fan club or like there's like playing cards or something that people collect. Yeah, he's seen them on local TV. Yeah, <laughs> he knows everything about all these bounty hunters, which is a very funny concept. I mean, it's. It is for us, the audience, to quickly get acquainted with these people mm. without having to spend any time with him. But it is still very a funny concept to me that, like, yeah, number one bounty hunter follower. He subscribes to Bounty Hunter Quarterly. Yeah, uh, this this barber. Uh, and this whole scene does this kind of fun thing where every time we look out the window to see one of the new bounty hunters walking by, we're looking slightly more to the right of the window. And we start to see uh, something revealed on the wall that might give us a hint as to what these bounty hunters are all doing here. Mm. I still have questions about what all these bounty hunters are doing here, but um, you're absolutely right. It does become more clear yeah. in a minute. If um, you hadn't just put it together on your own. <laughs> I mean, what's the sh what's the show? It's an episode of Samurai here? Jack and we're introducing a bunch of bounty hunters. I wonder what's going on. Uh the barber laughs it off. He's like, oh, that's a funny thing. This bounty hunter in town. He goes back to cutting the hair. He gets like two seconds in to the haircut. And then again, he screams as he looks back out the window and he buzzes that those clippers through the customer's hair again, which is a good ongoing gag here. Every time yep. somebody walks by, he just shaves off another huge portion. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't face the window when he's cutting people's hair if he has these sorts of reactions. Yeah, just flip it around. Although then the mirror, you know, he's still liable to see. It's true. Something yeah. like that. Just close the shades. Pay attention to what you're doing. <laughs> Focus it's on the important task. job. I don't think he's going to get a tip. I'm not even sure that he got paid. We I'm didn't pretty sure he it. doesn't get paid, though. He might have um, even died. He could have even died. I hope not. Yeah, because um, this is probably my favorite character we've ever had on this show. <laughs> There's two cat people that walk by the window. Yep. They're like the Siamese cats from uh, the Aristocats. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's fair. They're like these bipedal Sphinx cat mm -hmm. demons with blank blue eyes and wispy mustaches. Yep. And they kind of even talk, I think like the cats from the Aristocats. I, they're going definitely for a similar mm -hmm. vibe. We'll talk about, how they talk. Believe you me, Brendan. <laughs> I, I really like these characters. <laughs> I think they're very funny. The barber describes them as the twin bounty hunters. I and am. Mm -hmm. And uh, says that the rumor is that they're so in sync that they actually share the same mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has another big laugh. You know, whatever. Something weird is going on in this town today, but I'm just enjoying life. Uh, cuts. Goes cut cuts the hair again, and we know this is just going to keep on happening over and over again. The same gag, but it doesn't really get old. Uh, and uh, another bounty hunter, hunter walks by, and uh, the barber 
yells out and he just calls him the gentleman. Yep. Uh, I thought he was like a vampire at first with like the way he's dressed up. I, I have written in my notes almost looks like he could be a Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. He's got the cape and it looks like a big crystal brooch on the front of him. That thread never actually pays off, but I'm no. glad to know that we both thought that this this could have been yeah. where that was headed. He, he's not a Dracula. He's a very debonair, fancy man in a red cape. He saunters by the window. He's got like a curly little mustache and rosy red cheeks and like a big defined butt chin and pointed nose that are held high in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a reference solely for me. Uh, he looks like Jack White circa Get Behind Me Satan. Ah, mm-hmm. that is just for you. <laughs> Maybe someone else out there will understand what I'm getting at. Brendan, I'm seeing Jack White tomorrow. Yeah, you said that. Uh, that's pretty exciting, but it's not the White Stripes. It's just Jack White. The White Stripes have ceased to be a band as of like 11 years ago, which breaks my precious little heart. Well, that's sad when, you know, brothers and sisters fight like that. Um... <laughs> even that's more complicated than I can even get into. Uh, the gentleman is walking by. <laughs> I did look it up. Uh, he does kind of look like that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, the barber says uh, he's a nice fella, but but deadly, he says. Mm-hmm. And uh, mentions his expert skill with knives. Um, one last Bounty Hunter walks by the window. The barber isn't shocked to see this person because he doesn't recognize them. Um, It's like an ominous person in like a dark robotic high tech suit that stomps by the window. They look very much like just like a blue stormtrooper. Yeah, from Star Wars. I I almost thought they (laughs) it looked like Boba Fett, but somehow like more futuristic. Yeah, yeah, it's a. It's very familiar. (laughs) It's like if they made Boba Fett in like Mass Effect. Yeah. If they made Boba Fett cool or cooler. Er, 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 er is the key syllable (laughs) there. Um, Hey, they did make Boba Fett cooler. It was called Django Fett. Oh, hot take. (laughs) Everyone will agree. (laughs) The barber, he does start to kind of like wonder what is going on here. Things are a little strange. And uh, his customer stands up and fills the entire room, like dwarfing the barber. Uh, And he gasps and he looks up and starts to realize exactly whose hair he's been cutting. Yeah, I don't Uh, know how he didn't notice earlier, like when the guy walked in and sat down. There's, yeah, a lot of questions. Um, Maybe he was wearing like a disguise when he walked in. I don't know. Probably, yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Didn't recognize him with all the hair. No, so it's a good thing he shaved it all off and like completely (laughs) mangled his hair with like little squiggly bits sticking out all over. Yeah, it looks awful. It looks really bad. It's like not even completely shaved off. It's just mostly with like big chunks. It's good enough for this guy though. He did not like ask for it to be fixed or anything like that. So I guess this will have to do. Uh, This droning Russian music kicks in and a huge burly man glares down at this barber. And he's got like a big red chest plate and two weapons, like two clubs strapped across his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see his scowling face with a big, thick black mustache on it. And uh, 
He covers up his yeah shitty haircut <laughs> with like a big spiked helmet. Yep. And uh, introduces himself as Boris, the biggest, baddest bounty hunter of all. I'm terrified of the uh, plosives that I just made in my microphone, but I had to give this guy <laughs> his full title. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. You can't do Boris dirty like that. No. If we're talking about Boris, I'm going to really tell you about the real Boris. Uh, and then he delivers his signature catchphrase, duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> uh, he walks out and the barber faints. So he doesn't die. I mean, maybe he had a heart well, he attack. He could have hit his died. head, too, on the way down. That's Nobody true. caught him. Yeah. We didn't see the pool of blood leaking out from <laughs> underneath the barbershop door as Boris walked out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, Boris walks out and strolls through this quaint little snowy town, wherever they are. Yeah, all the buildings uh, just look like piles of snow with windows. It looks like Whoville, like they're yeah. in Whoville yeah. right now. There's something funky um, about this place. Yeah, I'm not sure. It looks, yeah, it looks like they're in a snow globe. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, he walks through the snowy town towards this long trail into the vast forest surrounding the town. Um, Boris follows some footprints through the snow towards a cabin that's way off into the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and he arrives at the cabin to see the other bounty hunters we've already seen are standing outside in a semicircle. Um, everyone except for cool Boba Fett slash Samus is yeah. is what I have written down in my notes, which turns out <laughs> to be even even more true in other ways. Yep. Yep. After the big reveal, which we Uh-oh. won't spoil here. Don't get too horny yet, Brendan. You'll have your chance soon. <laughs> um, there's a long standoff as all these bounty hunters stare each other down and they uh, grip their weapons. And it seems like shit is about to break bad between all of them. Uh, but Boris breaks the silence uh, and he just shouts, what is up here? Uh, and I and am uh, state the obvious. Uh, they're all here for the samurai, they say. And uh, just as you mentioned earlier, Brendan, I and Am, these these cat people, uh, speak exclusively in rhymes. One will start the sentence yep. and the other will finish this the or, or say a, a rhyming sentence. Uh, it's it's grading a little bit, but it's also yeah. really good. Uh, my only real problem with it is that their meter is way off. Like sometimes the, the the second part of the rhyme will go on like twice as long as the first part just to get mm. to the rhyme. And it's like, you guys need to work on your, your meter here. They also have a lot of slant rhymes with the word bounty. Yes, they do. Yep. Um, but otherwise they're very interesting characters. Um, uh, they, they, they're constantly posing, which I think is really funny. They yeah, keep doing these like, like arms out to the side kind of poses. <laughs> tumbling around yeah. and yeah like stretching their legs like out to the sides they're ridiculous they're very funny um the gentleman suggests that they all go inside to have this discussion and uh they all agree and the camera co- camera focuses on each of their faces as each of them go hmm in like their own way of speaking yeah and this goes on forever. <laughs> it cuts it like, on for a long time. I think it cuts between all of them at least three times. Yeah, they each have several turns of going, hmm, 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 hmm. 
It's like a weird and silly dynamic, like right from the start as yeah. we have this group. I wonder if they all know each other like previously. They must. Well, if the barber knows who they all are, I think they would all probably know who one another are. Maybe there's like a, a bounty hunters guild that they're all part of. They got to pay dues to. Mm, that's entirely possible. It's just like uh, the Mandalorian, the less cool Boba Fett. Does that happen in the Mandalorian? I think so. I've only watched like five episodes, but it seems like there's some kind of bounty hunters guild. I don't know. I I watched the whole first season and I don't remember that, but there could have been something. Perhaps that uh, tips our our hand as to the uh, way that we both feel about the Mandalorian. Mando. I liked the first episode when he didn't speak. I thought that was really cool. Uh, And if that had continued the entire show, I would have been way more into it. What about Grogu? Who the fuck is... Oh, the baby Yoda? Yeah. Ah, he's fine. Stick with baby Yoda. Ditch the Grogu. Yeah, ditch the Grogu. I know that it's not Yoda, but it is a baby Yoda. The whole species is Yoda. I like the Easter egg of, like, the council scene in episode two where one of the races of aliens is E.T. Is E.T.? Yeah, yep. That's fun. That's good. That's a nice nod. Um... Yeah, there's uh, all these bounty hunters are are together now at this cabin. Brendan, there are only three voice actors in this entire episode, and none of them are Phil Lamar. Yeah, yep. Actually, now that you mention it, Phil Lamar does not, or Jack doesn't speak in this episode. No, Phil Lamar not credited in this episode of Samurai Jack, a rare feat. There were, we had figured this out before, were there two or three episodes that he wasn't in? I thought there might have been four, but I could be wrong. Okay, okay. So we've seen... This would be the second one we've seen, right? That he did doesn't speak. This would be the second one that we know he didn't speak, at least as Samurai Jack. Because mm-hmm. in the uh, Birth of Evil, he portrayed a different character, but was not Samurai Jack, of course. Right, and he was only in one part of that, wasn't he? Um, I could be wrong. Though. I think you're right. I think you're. I think you're right. I think he was only in. One half. I could. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I remember either. But in any case, not in this episode at all. Wow. Kevin Michael Richardson is uh, Boris and Jujunga and I and Am. So he's like really he's he's doing most of the heavy lifting here. Yeah. Kevin Michael Richardson heavy episode mm-hmm. for sure. This is his big moment. Uh, and we salute him. He's been all over the show. We've talked yeah. about him a couple times, and he always does a great job. Uh, and before you mentioned it, I wouldn't have noticed that they were all the same voice actor. I think he does a pretty good job differentiating the characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. They all have distinct, very distinct voices and personalities that are brought to life by those voices. Um, very good. Just, you know, another one of those moments we always like to celebrate the voice acting achievements of the actors on Samurai Jack, because like every person that they usually have, like does a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, Save for the uh, shoe salesman in uh, Jack's shoes. I love the shoe salesman. Is Phil Lamar. (laughs) I think he's great. (laughs) But I hate that fucking character so much. Uh, But we love Phil Lamar on this show. Um. All the bounty hunters head inside this vacant cabin. Uh, I and Am light a fire. And uh, again, they're speaking in these terrible rhymes. They say, uh, it seems we have amassed quite a committee, but only one of us can claim this bounty. I hate that. Yeah, that's a terrible, terrible rhyme. 
They rhyme T with T, but like that's just not gonna. No, not gonna do that's it, not right? how rhymes work. You can't do that. Dr. Seuss is rolling in his grave. <laughs> if, yeah, if it was Dr. Seuss, he would have just made up some words. Just fucking come up with a word. Yeah, Tim <laughs> Tuzzlers and Wiz Wuzzlers. <laughs> the question, I mean, there's many points that we can ask this, Brendan, but I guess I'm going to just go ahead and ask it now. How do they know that Samurai Jack is coming here? Uh, I don't I don't know. I have no idea. That's never explained we're we're never even given a reason why Jack would be going there or no. where it is even. No, we're probably better off for not knowing like mm. it kind of adds to like the pressure of this episode is yeah. like Jack. They know Jack's going to be here and he doesn't know they're going to be here. But like we don't. Yeah, there are questions that aren't answered, won't be answered. But, you know, they came up. It's just how it is. Jack's got to be somewhere, right? Yeah. Why not here? <laughs> why not here why not now yep yep <laughs> maybe maybe they're here for a long time waiting like he'll eventually come through he goes everywhere in the world he goes this guy's been everywhere before yeah have you seen his uh luggage it's covered in like stickers <laughs> like toledo and soul his instagram's and- full of travel pictures he must never work uh you know he's living his best life <laughs> jack is an influencer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um He's uh, influenced us to make 44 episodes of the show. So thank you, Samurai Jack. Yeah. Um, they all seem to want to take turns fighting Jack, which is just a terrible yeah. idea. Um, the gentleman says, you know, whoever goes first has the best chance of actually collecting the bounty. And uh, Jajunga, in a deep, growling Australian accent, says that he will go first since he's the one who showed up first. Which is fair. Yeah, I think I I can't see a fault in that logic. Uh, The episode presents what is uh, the first of a series of vignettes where the bounty hunters describe how they are going to kill Jack. And uh, each time this happens, the same series of panels pop up into our screens in the same exact order. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a panel of uh, the fire in the top left corner of the screen, then a shot just beneath it of all of the bounty hunters standing in this room, which never changes no matter who is talking. Yeah, and they are never animated speaking when they're talking. It's just nope. a still image of them all standing around in the they're room. Just there. Actually, the fire is flickering, fire. I think, right? Yeah. That is animated. The rest of them are not. Yeah. Um, And then there's a banner of the speaking person's eyes that is beside the fire. Mm-hmm. And then beneath that is the largest panel in the screen, which illustrates the events that they are describing uh, in an art style that is consistent with their personal theming. I really like the the way they do that for all the different characters. The only one that I, I don't love was the gentleman's where it's just like the black and white, like uh, old film stock kind of thing. It seemed appropriate for the character. It did, at yeah, least. Yeah. Um, it was kind of funny. The uh, whole setup, yeah, I, the, like the framing of this episode where like they're all given the exact same opportunity to like describe it, but like with their own personal flair. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, really cool. Like that, that presentation is awesome and like such a smart idea. Um, 
this whole setup feels like very heavily inspired by something like there's got to be like a movie or TV show or like this exact kind of like thing. Yeah, I don't know about anything before this happened, but it reminded me a lot of The Hateful Eight, that Tarantino film. Yeah, that's the only thing that I could come up with, too, only because like bounty hunters in a cabin trapped in a cabin in the snowstorm. Yeah. 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 Um, All telling stories and it keeps cutting around to their stories. So maybe those are both based on the same thing, but you and me are not smart enough to know exactly what the original thing was. I have no idea what it was, um, but it probably is based on something. Yeah. Some kind of Western, Mm -hmm. I would assume. That's what I I think so as well. But I think I might be biased because I'm still stuck on the hateful eight for it. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh, Got to recap at gmail.com. If you know kind of like what the the original inspiration was for this kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, we would love to know. Uh, Jujunga goes first. Uh, his animation style is like a very classic aboriginal dot painting, mm-hmm. which I looked up uh, and they refer to it as uh, a dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, while I looked this up, I also found that any sort of representation of this art style that is not made by an actual Aboriginal person is universally considered to be cultural appropriation. So, you know, (laughs) it is, it is what it is. It was a different time. (laughs) (laughs) We can only say that so many times on the show. It's okay. It's all right. It's fine. Um, But that's, that's kind of the style that we're given here. As the samurai approaches, I shall sit by the roadside playing the flute He will pause a moment and listen to the beautiful sounds. Jack walks by and he's listening to the song. And uh, he's got these big swirly eyes, which are kind of fun in this art style. Yeah. Yep. Um, And his smile widens as he listens to the music. And uh, Jujunga is lulling him into false security, he says. Uh, And once his guard is fully down, he's going to blow a poison dart out of his flute. And uh, he does this in the scene and Cartoon Jack falls over dead as the dart sticks into his neck. Yeah, got him. Worked very quickly. Uh, Very simple plan. It seems like it's going to work out once he actually enacts it or so he thinks uh, his story is interrupted by the voice of that robo bounty hunter who has been in the room the whole time sitting in the rafters above them. Yeah, I actually forgot that they were ever introduced until this point. Uh, Like when you see them walk by at the beginning, not a lot of attention is drawn to it, I don't think. So I kind of let it go. Uh, And then when they spoke and it showed them sitting up in the rafters, I was like, who the hell is this? (laughs) Where did they come from? You weren't established before. Oh, you know, wait, wait, maybe actually, (laughs) you know what? I do vaguely remember you. Welcome to the show, Robo Bounty Hunter. (laughs) Uh, This person says that this plan will fail uh, because Jack's senses are too good and uh, he's going to dodge that poison dart. And then we again see like that animation style. And this is consistent again with like the rest of them where like we'll see in that same animation style, like the plans being foiled, Mm -hmm. um, which is very good. Um, The gentleman agrees with this assessment and refers to himself in third person as the gentleman. Yep. Yikes. <laughs> this fucking guy. He uh, establishes his character very quickly. He says, uh, you you lack a certain savoir faire. 
he's got the very southern gentleman kind of voice like uh kind of reminded me of candy from django mm, as another, a guy this uh, another tarantino film yeah only tarantino on this episode that's why <laughs> you and me brendan two white men will now spend the rest of this episode saying the n-word <laughs> One of a white man, Quentin Tarantino's favorite things to do. Tarantino loves it. Yep. Um, <laughs> the gentleman is here. He does not say the N word, at least not in company, <laughs> maybe in private. Yeah. Um, it enters his vignette and uh, the same panels pop in in the same order. And uh, just like you said, a curtain opens up to reveal a grainy black and white film. Mm-hmm. I do like that all the light like the the whites are all really blown out in this. It like looks it's like overexposed. Shit on purpose. Yeah, I like that. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, his plan is to openly meet Jack out on the snowy trail and just straight up challenge him to a duel. It is true the samurai has great skills that no one can deny. But on this day, my friends, it is the gentleman who will prevail. For my talents are far superior and my strategy is as sound as i am elegant he says jack will be too intensely focused uh and not prepared for the gentleman to throw his cape into the air and uh jack will be now distracted with this cape flying at him and the gentleman will hurl his knives through the cape yep um which we see happen in the scene it's funny, Jack looks down at the knives, like, just about to, like, enter his chest. They, like, freeze in midair as, like, the iris closes on the movie and the end flashes across yeah. the screen. It's pretty funny. Uh, it is very funny. Um, the robo bounty hunter says, yeah, definitely the end for you. <laughs> Got him. Despite the end never having been said out loud by the gentleman. <laughs> no, it implies that they all see these films. They're all watching the movies. Yeah. yeah, they yeah, they don't show like everyone stepping up to the podium and like turning their PowerPoint on. <laughs> they all have their own projectors that they set up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope they all get good grades. They deserve it. <laughs> um, yeah, the robo bounty hunters like, you know, Jack is not going to fall for this trick. And uh, shows again in the film, uh, Jack just deflecting those knives with his sword. Brendan, I don't know. I think that this person is right. This seems like the shittiest plan to me. Like, uh, yeah, not a good plan. No, I'm going to trick Jack by throwing my cape. It's like Jack is way too smart for that. Yeah, Everyone yeah. should know it. You don't think he would just step to the side? <laughs> like, Anything. Yeah, he would. I don't think that would work. I don't think he's afraid of your cape. Ooh, pretty cape. Let me inspect the colors of it. Oh, <laughs> knives. I have to cut the cape or it will strangle me. <laughs> uh, it's a shitty plan. It's definitely not going to work. Uh, but now it is I and Am's turn. Mm-hmm. A stylish plan, it sounds indeed. But he is right. An attack like that will not succeed. Listen to our plan and you will see. It is I and Am who will claim this bounty. They present their scene, which is stylized like, like kind of like black ink sketches. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, I really like theirs. I especially like the way that when they're like against the background images, like there's trees painted in. And when like Jack's character walks across it, he's completely transparent apart from his outlines. So you can see the trees through his drawing. Yeah. 
that's very fun. I thought it was funny. Yeah, the uh, they they present their plan. The whole thing is, uh, of course, in rhymes, which is pretty unbearable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It feels like forever. Feels like it takes forever. It's not that I'm not enjoying it, but like I'm also not enjoying it. <laughs> um, Jack walks into the forest and uh, I hides in the grass and whips a chain around his legs and yanks him down. Um, Am soars out from above and rains little bombs down on Jack and uh, cartoon Jack doesn't see them against the sun. He's blinded by the sun, so he doesn't see the bombs and they explode all around him and destroy him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a terrible plan. Yeah, a, a decent plan. Yeah. The robo bounty hunter uh, calls them out too. Uh, but does it in rhymes, which I think is funny. Yeah, I did. I did like that. It kind of feels like they're like making fun of the the, the cats. I and am does give them a little credit, though. They say uh, you're on the right track, but then says, but the two of you can never defeat Jack. That's a rhyme. That is That's a, a rhyme. Definitive yeah, that rhyme. Is, I will. I will accept that rhyme. There is no fudging that. That is straight up. Nope. This one works. The best one of the episode, some say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and does say, you know, by leaving Jack with his sword, he's going to be able to cut through that chain and be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Boris is last, of course, and he just goes, bah, and, uh, his scene is very quick and simple and it's drawn very simply like a child. Would I do. love this one. Yeah. It's, it's like a crayon drawing and like, it's all very simple shapes. Nothing's fully colored in. It's just kind of like scribbled. Yeah, very, very crude. The kind of thing like your niece would do and you'd go, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Jack has a perfectly round head for this one with just like yeah. it, it, just like a little bit of hair sitting on top of it. <laughs> Boris doesn't care. He doesn't care about the presentation or <laughs> even coming up with an elaborate plan. Nope. Uh in this scene, he just bursts out of the cabin once Jack arrives and pounds the hell out of him with his big spiked clubs. Then I break him! Break him! Break him! Break him! That's how Boris gets the bounty! And it cuts back to him in the cabin in real time, and he's very proud of himself for coming yeah. up with this plan. Well, he also does say in the plan that Jack will swing his sword at him and it will break on his armor. <laughs> Yeah, smash against his belly, I think he said. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know how much he knows about Jack's sword, but that's very unlikely to happen. Um, no, yeah, not from what we've seen. I'm not sure what he thinks his armor is comprised of, <laughs> but I don't see it going this way. But Boris is very sure of mm. this plan. This is definitely the number one plan so far. Um, I think it is better than the gentleman's plan, though, because, you know, the gentleman... Yeah. Openly meeting Jack without any level of surprise is just foolhardy. But he's a gentleman, though. You got to respect the the honor of the fight. Yeah, it is in the name. And uh, I wouldn't want to besmirch his reputation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I won't. Uh, The robo bounty hunter calls Boris stupid and uh, says that all of their plans are bad and they will all die if they try to enact them. Yep. She actually doesn't call Boris stupid. She asks him if he's always been stupid. And he says, yes. Because he is stupid. (laughs) He just goes, ah, yes. (laughs) Wait wait a minute. Oh, no. I can't take that back. (laughs) 
These are good Boris impressions. <laughs> um, yeah, Boris gets really pissed about this insult and knocks out the column beneath them and uh, leaps into attack. But the robo bounty hunter casually tosses him aside and uh, the gentleman compliments the kind sir on uh, their fighting techniques. Mm-hmm. And you very quickly figure out where this is going because they're like, hey, mister, you're great at fighting, my man. Dude. Hey, show us that dick. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe they had the cats say that. The cats say that. They're very horny cats. Yeah, and uh, and it's like their their weird whispery voice. Ugh. Uh, Your fighting style is very sick. Now hurry up and show us that tick. <laughs> How was that? Uh, that's a that's a real recording that we pulled from the episode, like we do sometimes. That's one of those. Yeah, we insert the episode audio in here, and I felt a little <laughs> uncomfortable with that one. But um, <laughs> you gotta like put music behind that now when you do it, so it sounds like it is in the episode, <laughs> or like the sound of like wind blowing outside of the yeah. cabin, the crackling fire. Could dress it up. <laughs> Uh, it's one of my favorite Samurai Jack quotes of all time. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the gentleman asks this kind sir to reveal themselves to everyone, and uh, they go to remove their helmet. And Brendan, it's a lady. What? Ah, a, a lady bounty hunter in my Samurai Jack. A lady bounty hunter's places in the kitchen. <laughs> the only bounty she should. Never mind. I'm done with this. <laughs> all right uh you say no more brendan <laughs> that's a path we shouldn't have gone down but we did uh the thoughts expressed on the samurai jack podcast do not represent uh gotta recap uh llc corporation yeah thoughts are uh not even our own just pretend you didn't hear anything cut that cut that cut that cut that <laughs> Uh, Boris is now even more upset to know that he's getting like easily tossed aside by a lady and uh, gets up to attack again, but she sticks him in the gut with her staff and kind of knocks him away. Mm-hmm. Um, she announces herself as Princess Mira of the Andaluvians. Yeah. What is that? Is that a real thing? Uh, that's what she is. Okay. Um, which is good enough for the rest of them. Uh, they've heard of her conquests, I guess, which are kind of left intentionally vague, but mm. must be pretty impressive. Yeah, she's somebody, at least. Somebody in this world that means something to someone. Like the gentleman says to Jujunga, he's like, didn't she do that thing on that planet? And uh, they all seem to know what they're what, referring to. What that thing so, is. <laughs> and and, what, and, which and to planet. which planet he refers, yeah. Uh, Princess Mira's voice is uh, instantly recognizable as the same uh, voice actress as uh, Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender um, to everyone uh, who hosts this podcast. Who the fuck is Azula? Uh, oh, Brendan, you fool. Is she the is she the waterbender? You're digging a deeper grave for yourself, my friend. You'll that, find out soon enough. She's the blind girl. 
Uh, the voice actress is uh, Gray Griffin. I looked her up. She has 650 acting credits on IMDb. Holy shit. Which is so many. That is a lot. Yeah, yeah. It uh, makes me want to look at Phil Lamar's 650, acting credits. 650 like, different shows, or is that like in, that's like including episodes on shows it, that she's on? It just said acting credits, and normally on IMDb, they will like compile the shows as one single credit. So yeah. like not 650 episodes, like 650 seemingly different roles, perhaps wow. the same character across different like media different or titles. shows or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like voicing a character in a show and a video game and stuff like that. Um, but that's a shitload of credits. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. She's working hard over there. She's doing a great job. Everyone mm-hmm. can agree, especially fans of Azula, just like Brendan. Yeah. That that's the one. That's the girl who turns into a fish. Uh, she says that they need to work together to <laughs> defeat Samurai Jack. Uh, I and Am question who's going to get the bounty in the situation. And she says, I will. Uh, to which they all protest. And Boris says, no woman will. He's still kind of going on this, yeah. this path that he's on now. There's no stopping him. No, nope. he's uh, he's unhinged. As soon as that woman got in there. Shut this right down. Into their boys. This is a man's game. This bounty hunting business. Didn't you see the sign on the door? And then like Boris had like drawn in crayon. (laughs) No girls allowed. No girls allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's like a pillow fort inside of this cabin that he built for himself. A little cardboard spaceship or something like that. But it's much too small for him because he's like a literal giant. Tries to sit in it and just, yeah, bust through it with his gigantic <laughs> muscles. Um, poor Boris. Silence! I must claim this bounty. But not for the money. For freedom. The freedom of my people and my kingdom. Aku has enslaved my nation for many years. Uh, and then instead of the money, she's going to ask Aku to free her people, which is definitely not going to work. No, not something that I think Aku would uh, agree to. Also, she probably should have checked in with him before setting out on the plan, just in case. Yes. Like, probably would have been good. True. Yeah. It, it might have been more likely if she had already got the go-ahead. It seems nobody, yeah, has has had discussions with people who have been spurned by Aku. Like, nobody knows that, like, any deal that Aku makes is not beneficial is it's a one-sided deal Mm -hmm. 100 percent of cases yeah yep but she's gonna try you know she says uh you know if they're able to pull this off she's going to offer all the other bounty hunters the uh, bounty amount but tenfold she says uh which they are all shocked to hear but they all agree to it even boris says that he wants much money please yep did the wanted poster in the barber shop say how much the reward was? I don't think it did. I, I think it just said wanted. I think so. Yeah, it was like a really shitty JPEG of Jack on a wanted poster hanging on the wall. Yeah. Um. Now, whatever it is, you know, 10 times that amount is substantial to these people. And like they're very quick to agree to this plan. Um. She's about to present the plan to everyone as it cuts to commercial. Uh, it cuts back, and uh, we see Samurai Jack is walking up the snowy path through the forest and is ambushed 
by the bounty hunters who burst out from beneath the snow. Uh, I snags Jack's sword with a chain and pulls it away. And uh, all the others kind of sort of, they sort of do like the original attacks that they had described in their own game plans, but they Mm -hmm. do them like in unison. Yeah. Um, And Jack is destroyed. That is how Samurai Jack dies. Um, Yep. At least in this scene. I think it'll work. I think it'll work. It is certainly a better plan than each of them trying to do their own things. Like combining them together seems uh, wise. Mm -hmm. Um, It cuts back to the cabin. And uh, what we have just witnessed is the plan that the princess was describing to them. So, you know, if all goes well, uh, what we just saw is how this is going to go down. Um, They all agree, you know, this is definitely the way to go. Except for Boris, you know, he can't seem to let this woman one-up him and says that his plan was a better plan. Um, It wasn't a great plan, but it wasn't the worst plan. It wasn't really much of a plan at all. There was, yeah, nothing to it. Very little, Um, yeah, very little planning is required for I'm going to hit him. I'm going going to mash him, <laughs> and uh, that will do it. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> um, he does say that his plan was better. She stares him down, and he kind of like falls and lied. He's like, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. The princess sends Am to go keep watch for Jack, because again, they know that he's heading this way for some reason. Who knows? Um. The rest of them head out to the snowy trail and start digging their hidey holes that they're going to wade in. Um, Boris complains again about having to follow a woman's orders. And uh, the gentleman says, you know, he's going to stick to this plan and reminds Boris, you know, we're all going to get paid way more if we do it this way. And uh, actually calls him crazy and goes back to digging his whole Boris didn't seem to understand anything that the gentleman had just said to him and says back to him, simple answer, da or no. Yeah. So uh, he seems a bit confused. You got to dumb it down for the guy. <laughs> um, the princess smacks Boris on the back of the head and commands him to keep digging. And uh, he glowers at her, but then gets back to work and she's satisfied to kind of be in control of this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts to all of them hanging by the cabin. Uh, Jujunga is playing his uh, didgeridoo in a great classic Aboriginal tune that yep. we all love so much. It's my favorite one. Uh, the gentleman snipes a leaf out of the air with his knife and like pins it to the cabin wall. Where did that leaf come from? All the trees around are dead pine trees. It's the middle of winter. Yeah, very <laughs> very snowy out. No no vegetation. Um, you could have been like stuck in like the, the roof and fallen out. <laughs> Maybe I like to think that the gentleman carries the leaves around kind of like as practice tosses them in the air so we can throw a knife at him. Yeah. You know, just to keep his knife skills sharp, but also to, uh, impress the ladies like the princess, you know, maybe he's thinking he could get an extra reward out of this. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen though. Nope. Uh, I, curls up like a kitty cat and takes a little nap on the porch, which is very cute. Yep. And he's purring. Yes. Um, very funny. The most cat like I think that they get in this entire episode. Yeah. Um, 
They all kind of stop what they're doing, though, as they watch that the princess is expertly slicing individual drops of water that are dripping from an icicle on the corner of the cabin roof. Mm -hmm. Like unsheathing and sheathing her sword between each one. Between every single swipe. Yeah. So like very swift, precise motions. And they're like stunned at her level of precision here with her her knife. Yep. Uh, Which I don't think up until this point was revealed that it was a sword at all. It's kind of like an all-in-one because it's of that deal. same staff that she was using, right? And she opens it, and it's actually a sword. It can be a staff, you know. You need that non-lethal damage. You just mm-hmm. got to smack someone around, or uh, it's got the pointy bits for for the stabbing, for cutting the water drops, for slicing water drops. That's really all it ends up being good for in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, but uh, I is woken up by Am's voice inside their head saying, "He's coming." And then echoes that voice to the rest of them and says, he's coming. The exact same way. Yeah, it's like the yeah. same voice line recording that is played again. The uh, All the bounty hunters run to their positions out on the snowy trail with eye like brushing away their footprints in the snow behind them, which seems unnecessary because theoretically, if their plan goes uh, well, Jack will never have to reach this point. So he won't even see the footprints. That's a good point. Yep. I actually did think, though, before he started wiping the footprints away that I was like, Jack's going to see those footprints coming up to the holes. (laughs) (laughs) They've got you know what, Brendan? They've got you covered in this episode. I was I was a little shocked, actually, because I was like, they're not going to think about it. And I don't know why I'm even thinking about it. But those are a lot of footprints in the snow. And then he starts wiping them away. And I was like, oh, well, there we are. (laughs) Let those fears melt away, my boy. I just thought thought of everything. They have. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, they all jump into their little trap doors that are in the snow and uh, am leaps into the trees above them and continues to keep watch and uh, the princess puts on her helmet and sinks down into the hole and they just sit there and wait Mm -hmm. Uh, there's silence for a while and there's a light wind and some birds chirping then there's kind of a fun choice that they go with here where the camera keeps cutting back to one of these individual drops of water that is falling off of an icicle, just like we saw earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we keep cutting between that drop falling off of the icicle. And then like every three or four seconds, like we get three or four seconds of like them waiting in their holes or like the the forest around them being like very quiet and still and then cutting back to the like the dripping water and then back to another one of these shots. It's kind of like a fun choice. Yeah, I like it here. So it builds some tension. Oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of it's fun too. like a, it's a it's a cool, cool way to handle the scene. Yeah, yeah, definitely sure. The tension building. Yeah, just like you said, is like. The uh, it's uh, palpably rising here. I'm like ready mm-hmm. for the action to finally start. And like every time the drip happens, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the one mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're professionals. These teases. Um, the bounty hunters, you know, they're sitting and waiting here for a very long time. Uh, and they, it shows each of them kind of like gripping or preparing their weapons for the fight that's about to come. Uh, the camera keeps cutting to a long shot down the snowy trail through the forest where Jack theoretically should be coming from. Um, and it goes back and forth between this specific shot and the bounty hunters and the drops of water just over and over and over again. 
Yeah, just like really pushing it each time. Like, get ready, folks. It's coming. Any second now. Any second now. Any one of these drips will be the final drip. Uh, A bird flutters and flies off of a tree branch. And finally, Samurai Jack's shadow appears on the horizon down the snowy trail. Um, They hear his footsteps crunching in the snow as he gets closer and closer. And they all narrow their focus and get ready to ambush Samurai Jack. Uh, Brendan, it took 19 minutes and 30 seconds for Samurai Jack to properly appear in this episode. Yep. And hey, you won't be here too long. <laughs> it's actually remarkable, and I'll have another figure for you here in just a moment. <laughs> 19 minutes and 30 seconds. Of course, we've seen Jack and kind of like their plans that they've made, but this is Jack in the flesh. Yeah. He has arrived. This is Jack proper. It's the Samurai Jack we all know and love, uh, and he doesn't know exactly what's waiting for him on the snowy trail. And one final drop of water falls off of the icicle, and these bounty hunters spring their trap. And Brendan? These motherfuckers don't know (laughs) Samurai Jack. They don't know Jack. They don't fucking know this guy as much as they think they did. They all made their little plans, said Jack will react this way. Jack thinks this way. Jack is good at this. He's bad at that. I'm going to exploit him in this way. Brendan, they don't know Jack. No, they they don't. They were wrong on every count. Every count. Jack is so much more than any story (laughs) any of these bounty hunters has ever heard, any story they've ever told to anyone else in their lives. Nobody knows what this guy is capable of, except for us in this moment, because we're going to fucking relish in some Samurai Jack (laughs) ass kicking, and I love it. Yep. We just talked about the other week how, like, we don't always get the moments of Jack being, like, the master samurai that we want him to be. Yeah. Ooh, it's so sweet in this moment. I love him. It's very cool here. Yeah. It's very good. They don't know Samurai Jack, and uh, all the planning in the world could not prepare them for the real deal samurai that they've found themselves (laughs) facing now. Yeah, for the ass kicking they're about to receive. Nothing they could have possibly come up with would suffice. Uh, I hurls that chain and wraps it around Jack's sword and starts to pull it away, but he fucking snags it himself and yanks eye towards him. Yeah. Yeah, he just like barely even turns and just reaches out an arm and just grabs the sword. Just grabs it. No. No no effort. Like that was never going to work. (laughs) And it's really cool. There's like a series of slow motion impact shots that happen in this scene. where Every time he takes one of the bounty hunters down, yeah. Yeah, every time he yeah wipes one of them out, it goes to like a like a blue slow motion like low color like an explosion kind of thing too. Like there's like really deep blacks that are like coming away from the impact direction off of like the the bounty hunters. It's really cool, and it plays like a lot of weight kind of noise. Yeah, it adds a lot of weight to like each of these individual takedowns. It's Mm -hmm. like really really cool, um, and makes Jack even more badass in the scene, which. Seems impossible. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's got I yanks him by the chain past Boris and Jujunga who haven't even made their moves yet. Uh, This was not supposed to happen this way. (laughs) Things are going south real fast. (laughs) They really thought that they uh, had Jack 
uh, they had they had his number and mm-hmm. they never did. Nope, turned out um, they were wrong. Jack strikes down Jujunga in a single swipe, and then launches eye like through the forest, like into the trees in the distance by that chain. Uh, dodges like a big slam from Boris and the gentleman still thinking that his move is going to work, like tosses his cape up into the air and hurls the knives through it, which is so fucking stupid at this point. Like he just really wanted to do that. He was like so married to that plan. (laughs) I've been thinking of this idea forever. (laughs) It's going to be so cool. Every single time I've faced another formidable foe, my (laughs) cape knife hurling trick has worked flawlessly his, his cape budget must be out of this world yeah he keeps throwing knives through, through them yeah um you know he's collecting those bounties he's it's it's a business expense he could probably write true. it off on his yeah, taxes that's true um what's the aku tax code you think oh it's got to be a mess <laughs> happy tax day folks i think it probably will have already passed by the time uh, this it will have out. i think it's gonna be the 18th right Hope, yeah, think so. Hope it worked out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he tries the cape trick. It does not fucking work. Uh, Jack dodges those knives and and again in slow motion just cuts the gentleman down. Yep, yep. Which uh, is this the first time he's used his sword on a real flesh person? Oh, good question. I think uh, it might be. It might not be the. I, it, it could be. He might have used it on a flesh person before, but like presumably has Jack killed the gentleman? Uh, well, see, I'm not sure. Uh, looking at the like the way the sword is drawn, it looks like he did slash him with the blade. Hmm. But we don't like I don't know how deep he cut him or if he did actually slash him with the blade or if he hit him with like the back of the sword to knock him out. Hey, Brendan, how, how much do you want to bet that the gentleman was a robot the whole time? Oh, man, we don't get that reveal, I don't think, right? We just see him like face down in the snow. If you probably asked a Cartoon Network exec at the time, they'd be like, yeah, he was a robot just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, No, he, he strikes him down. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, that was one of my questions in Brendan's best bets. Yep, yep. Um, So maybe this was the time. I don't know. Yeah, I think I said he did, but I think I said that he would assume that they were a robot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I think at this point, Jack assumes everyone is a robot, yeah. which is a fair assumption. <laughs> which is fair, everyone so far has it's been. kind of what we do, you and me <laughs> on this show. Um, including Jack. Including Jack, yeah, I'm not convinced still. Um, Everyone is down, except for the princess who lunges at Jack, but he clashes his sword against her blade, shattering it to pieces. Mm-hmm. Um. And obliterates her robo suit with his bare fist. Yeah, he just punches her in the face. <laughs> just fucking punches her and yeah, shatters her suit. And she reels backwards in that cool slow motion shot that mm-hmm. we've seen. Um, Am unleashes the bomb attack from above that we've seen now a couple times. And Jack uh, scoops up the bombs in his sleeve and tosses them straight back into Boris, who's just fucking standing there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and explodes with all these tiny bombs all over him now. So you know, nothing, not a single scratch. No, no. on Jack, he's completely fine. <laughs> all of the planning they did, moot. Yeah, and it still leaps in and is cut down by Jack. So you know, 
they've they've all been thoroughly handled. And Brendan, just like I said to you before, Jack Samurai Jack showed up at 19 minutes and 30 seconds into this episode. By 20 minutes and 30 seconds into this episode, exactly 60 seconds later, Samurai Jack has dispatched every single one of these <laughs> bounty hunters. And it, it would have been quicker if not for all the slow motion takedown shots. This is true. Yeah, if we had seen that in real time, it would have been. I think they like frame nothing. it in the episode uh, right as they attack him. We see one of those drops of waters fall off of the icicle. And then as soon as he puts his sword away, we see it hit the ground. So I want to yep. say that they framed the entire thing within one drop of water. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm so satisfied with Jack in this moment. Yeah, like, I'm so cool. happy how how handily he just just absolutely embarrassed these bounty hunters. Yeah, it's very good. Very good. Um, yeah. One, one minute of screen time is all we needed. And, uh, the princess is standing alone and Jack sheaths his sword with his back to her and she stares at him and they, uh, don't move for a while, but then she draws a dagger and, uh, she's scowls and like, thinks as hard as she can about her next move. We could see that her dagger hand is quivering and uh, she closes her eyes and sheds a single tear and the dagger falls to the snowy ground Mm -hmm. and she also falls to her knees on the snowy ground and without a word said in the entire sequence Samurai Jack walks back the way he came through the snowy trail, leaving these bounty hunters in the dust. Why did he go the way he came from, though? Why wouldn't he just continue <laughs> the way he was going? This is kind of why I think that, like, maybe he was given some false intel by some bounty hunters. Like, hey, go this way and, like, you'll uh, find something useful. Maybe that's what they're doing is, like, the clever trick that they're playing. It on was him. always a trap. Yeah. It was a clever ruse that they were playing on Jack. Like, <laughs> hey, let's lure him out here and then defeat him with our unique fighting styles. But Brendan, that was a foolish decision by all of these <laughs> bounty hunters. And Samurai Jack has handed their asses to each one of them on yep. silver platters. Uh, it's very satisfying and a, a highly satisfying way for this episode to end. Brendan, what did you think of... This great episode 44 of Samurai Jack. Maybe I, I have, I've tipped my hand by calling it a great episode. <laughs> yeah, you really poisoned the well there. Whoops. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Um, I didn't love like the intro sequence with the barber. I know that you love the barber. Uh, Best character I, of all time. I was kind of annoyed by that sequence. <laughs> Just the, the repeat of that bit of him going, wah, and like cutting his hair. It's we like, had to uh, learn how uh, who everybody was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um. But I did like all their like individual plans when we were watching them and their art styles. And I really loved the last minute of the episode <laughs> when Jack just handily dispatches them all. Uh, it was a great, great episode. Um, yeah, the setup of like their their plans to defeat Jack, like it was presented in a really, really good way, um, like really cool to see like. Yeah, that's that same consistent style for each one of them. But like they've all got their own unique spin on what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like all so sure of themselves that like, yes, this is absolutely going to work. Um, Even when they come up with like the combined plan, like, yeah, you know what? This is the way to go. And then we're all going to make out like bandits. Um, 
And then, yeah, just just like I said, you know, they nobody knows what Jack is capable of. Like Jack is capable of seemingly anything on this show. And like all these stories that have gone around this world that Jack is living in, like people might think that they they kind of have figured him out by now. But like he will and you even you and me, Brendan, like we might think that we have like seen what Jack can and can't do. And he will always like surprise us with like some level of mastery unlocked that we didn't even know was inside of him yeah yeah he's he's full of tricks this guy he's a slippery little devil that samurai (laughs) jack and uh, you know you can't keep your hands on him nope um yeah just just so good for them to like spend literally 19 minutes and 30 seconds saying they're going to defeat Jack and this is exactly how they're going to do it. And then 60 seconds of Jack just completely dispelling everything that we've talked about up to this point. It was just really great. Yeah. Yep. I really like this one. Dude. So was it two, two really good ones in a row? I think right now. What's really funny, Brendan is, is I think I mentioned to you earlier on this podcast that um, people consider, season four of Samurai Jack to have like some of the best episodes of the show ever. And also some of the worst episodes of the show ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think to this point, the only one that like we didn't really super enjoy was the robo samurai versus Mondo bot. Yeah. Um, And even that we thought was fun. Yeah. That was a nice, like little kind of just like explore exploration of giant robots, which is always kind of a good time. They went for a thing. It didn't always work, but you know no. we had a good time talking about it. Um, I feel like season four to this point has been really, really great and like some of the highest quality Samurai Jack that we've ever had. Yeah, which kind of has me a little worried now, though, because like, yeah, oh, that's they, exactly they what my next point was. <laughs> if people feel, yeah, that the season is so split between high highs and low lows, are we only looking at low lows to go from this yeah, point Yeah, because we're about halfway through the season now, right? Because this was episode five of the season. Yeah, is that right? Something. Um, um so, so there's not that much left in it. We're about halfway, yeah. I think. Scares the hell out of me about what we might see yeah. coming forward. I I only remember like a couple episodes and I think there's gonna be some real clunkers in there. Maybe. Maybe everyone's wrong though. Maybe they're better than they think. Yeah, maybe, you know, under this this kind of new perspective of us here in the year twenty twenty two, maybe we'll, you know, feel a little bit differently than all these yeah. people. We'll have to see. We will find out soon enough, but yeah, I mean, I I think we're both in agreement here, Brendan. Season four has been like really pretty stellar. Yeah, just I think. banger after banger so far. Yeah. Um, it's going to make our uh, season episode, uh, ranking episode, interesting to see, like, I think we're both going to feel very passionately about like a handful of episodes mm. and it might like make ranking them kind of difficult when like, I don't know. We might really, really, really like different episodes, like to different degrees. So which is cool, because I think it'll be a fun discussion up to this point. We've been in agreement for most of like the top episodes of the seasons. I don't Um, want that. But it's always been there. Like there is an episode that just stands out like uh, this one so far. They've all been pretty good. They've been there have been several that I think would qualify. Yeah, this one's so. so far. This one's in the top five, at least. That was episode 44 of Samurai Jack. Uh, good. You know what, Brendan? You, good. Good one. Good. 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 Good one. 
I told you. I told you. I warned you it's happening. Uh, wherever you are listening to this episode, uh, please applaud <laughs> now. Yeah, please, please clap. If you're on like a bus, if you're <laughs> at work. Turn to the nearest person who's not listening to the podcast and explain to them what just happened. Make sure that you mention that it's been happening this entire season. They really need to know the full context of the joke. Get ready for the big high five that's going to be coming back your way when that person says, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> it's the funniest shit I've ever heard. Episode 44 of Samurai Jack, that was, I think. Yes, yes. episode 44. Uh, we enjoyed it. We're, we've been having a fun time here in season four. I hope that continues on in the upcoming episodes. Um, no emails this week, Brendan, I'm sorry to say. Oh. I know. Uh, gotta recap at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Samurai Jack or Cartoon Network or this podcast. Uh, anything you want under you know those kinds of umbrellas, we will be uh, very happy to field those questions and comments on this very show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, send them our way. Uh, then head to at gotta recap on social media. Follow along with us there. We're all having a good time on social media. Uh, at the same time, head to uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Drop us five-star reviews of the show. That would be very helpful for helping our show shine the way that we feel that it deserves to. And we hope that you feel the same. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, uh, this episode was God. quite divine. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Now I got to... Now it's going to um, be hard to rhyme. <laughs> Yeah, we did it together. <laughs> um, okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>